This week on Personally Speaking, we are delighted to welcome Vice President Mike Pence and his daughter, Charlotte Pence Bond. Please stay with us. Welcome to Personally Speaking. I'm your host, Monsignor Jim Lasanti, and former Vice President Mike Pence and his daughter, Charlotte Pence Bond, join me now. When Mike Pence was a young poli- when Mike Pence was a young politician, reporters used to ask him, where do you see yourself in five or ten years? And without fail, the former vice president would fly home for dinner. And he always let it be known that his priority was his family. The former vice president has written a new book with his daughter, Charlotte Pence Bond, called Go home for dinner. It's a practical guide to balancing the demands of life with the commitment to your family and how faith makes a family and family makes a life. Uh, Vice President Pence and his daughter Charlotte are here with us today to talk about putting faith and family first and why it's always important to get home in time for dinner. Joining me now, I'm so pleased to welcome to Personally Speaking, Vice President Mike Pence and his daughter Charlotte Pence Bond. We are talking today with Charlotte and Mike Pence about a book that they put out called Go Home for Dinner, and I can't wait to get into it. But first things first, a personal note. Mr. Vice President, I've been in a panic lately because I need something done, terrified of it, a pacemaker, and I'm told that you had one before me. Uh, uh, we did. Uh, it you was, did. Is it, it shortly after Shortly after we left office, uh, I had had a long-term condition uh, of an irregular heartbeat, and uh uh, it got diagnosed just a few months after uh, after I left Washington D.C. And uh, uh, I must tell you, it's, uh, you know the millions of Americans that uh, that uh, have pacemakers, and and I can attest to you, it's uh, uh, it's a, an extraordinary advance. And it's been a help. It's been a good help. Uh, it's uh, you know for for me it w- it was uh, um, it, it 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 was a an electrical issue in uh-huh. in my heart that um, same here yeah that uh, it's called a bundle branch actually when I when I was nominated to be vice president the diagnosis of my doctor long term diagnosis was made public uh, but it never uh, you know it never manifested and, until uh, after I left office and, um, my literally I, I reached a point where my the lower part of my heart was skipping a beat. Yes. About every other time. And uh, I said, my heart hasn't skipped a beat since the day I met Karen Whitaker. So, <laughs> I like yeah, that. Yeah, no, it's been, a, it's been a blessing. And uh, uh, we've, we've gone forward unabated, stronger than ever before. Now, let's talk a little bit about this book. My first question to you, Mr. Vice President, uh, go home for dinner. You have three wonderful children, but obviously you made a decision to do this particular book with Charlotte. How come Charlotte? Well, it was a couple of years ago when it was announced that I had a, an autobiography um, and a two book deal with Simon and Schuster that a friend came up and said, said, you know, Mr. Vice President, I, I'm really looking forward to reading your autobiography. I like politics. I like history. But they, he said, you know, the book I really want to read is the one 
about how you have a family like yours living the crazy life that you've lived for so many years in politics. And uh, I immediately gave God the glory uh, and told him I was very humbled uh, by that. Um, but uh, but that's where Go Home for Dinner was really born. And uh, my daughter is actually a best-selling writer. Uh, she has a best-selling children's book under her belt. She's she's a professional journalist with the Daily Wire. And um, I, I had some hesitation, to be honest with you, because she was about uh, nine months pregnant around the time that... Uh, <laughs> That we started work on this book, but uh, I have to tell you, uh, having having the joy of having written this book about our family with my daughter, who lives so much of it as a child and as a young adult, is something I'll cherish the rest of my life. Charlotte, I know you are. First of all, congratulations, uh, a recent mom with Edda, and uh, you're married to Henry. When you look at, at Mike and Karen Pence and the role modeling they've done for you, what would you hope? having watched the way they met a marriage work, you and Henry could bring it to your own relationship? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think that my, I think my parents have um, just really supported one another, but also, also take had sacrifices in their, you know, in their careers and in their, um, you know, professional lives for our family. And so I think doing that and, you know, it's, it's not always an easy you know, bow wrapped up bow, um, go home for dinner idea, you know, that sounds nice, but that actually means, you know, making hard decisions in the moment. Um, and I think that that's something that is, is hard to do. So I hope that we would be able to recognize, you know, those moments when we needed to do them and, and recognize, you know, when you do need to just be mentally present, physically present with your family and communicate that message that, you want uh, to be around them. I think that my parents showed that a lot. They did everything really together as well. Um, they, I mean, my mom was always traveling with my dad on trips. It, it was always a we. Um, I don't mm -hmm. really think I heard them often talk about, you know, my dad ran for office. There's always we ran for office. Yes. And so I think that is, uh, is really important to, uh, to, try, to try to do as much as possible. Charlotte, when, when I celebrate weddings, which I do most every weekend, to make it more insightful into their love, I ask every couple to write me an essay on why is this the person you think God intended for me? Do you have any idea or insight into why was Henry the one of all the people in the world you could have ended with? Why is Henry the one you chose? Oh, that's a good I don't know if I haven't asked that. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think there were a lot of things. I think that... Um, we aligned a lot on the really big, uh, the really big picture items um, in our beliefs and our lifestyles and what we wanted to do. I think we also both really saw ourselves doing a lot in life. We didn't really know what that was and still don't really at the time, at the time then and don't now. But I think we both had a had like a, a vision for wanting to do things, but wanting to do them with each other. Um, and so I think having the idea of, I think he, he says, you know, you can run a lot further and faster if you have someone with you and yeah. instead of just doing it by yourself. Right. I think both of us were aligned in that idea. Um, yeah. But I mean, I, I feel like I knew pretty, pretty quickly that I wanted to marry him. Uh, I know that's not true for everybody in, in their marriages, but 
I definitely knew pretty, pretty soon um, that at least I, I was on board and I was, you know, wanted to, um, wanted to see our, our life together. Mr. Vice President, it's a few years back, but you meet Karen, you fall in love. But what is there about this woman's character that makes you say yes to this is the one for me for life? Well, the, the title of my other book, but when I met Karen, is entitled Beautiful Brunette with the Guitar. She was, <laughs> uh, she was the personally speaking audience might appreciate knowing she was playing a guitar at, at mass at, yes. uh, at a Catholic church just about a block from uh, the governor's residence where we would uh, where we would live some 30 years later. And uh, but uh, look, my wife uh, was and, and is uh, beautiful. But frankly, it was um, it was a part of this book that where we talk we say talk faith first because I I had learned after dating a, a number of wonderful young women in college and then after I had gone off to graduate school, there was something of a pattern. Uh, it was that I would, you know, I I had uh, made my faith my own when I was a freshman in college and. Um, uh, and had been raised in a wonderful, wonderful church family, but had largely walked away from it. But my faith was the most important thing in my life. But invariably, I'd go out with the girl a couple of times, and then I'd then I'd start to bring up my faith <laughs> to talk about how important uh, Jesus Christ was to me. And um, didn't always go great. Right, uh, right, right. People were polite, but not you know warm so i i came to the conclusion that the next time i met a girl that i was really interested in i was going to talk faith first mm -hmm. and that's, that's a chapter in our book now and yeah. and uh, what really drew me to her was not the fact that she was uh, beautiful and uh, valedictorian and a pilot and uh, an incredible uh, young woman but it was the first time we sat down and talked about faith and and building a family someday around uh, our Christian faith, um, uh, I uh, I was done, and uh, I knew I'd, I'd found someone, kind of like my daughter just described, who uh, who who wanted to go on that journey. You know, in our wedding at St. Christopher's in Speedway, Indiana, it was the verse we read was a, a cord of three strands is not easily broken, and um, um, we've we've tried, however imperfectly, to. to to build a, a marriage uh, on, on him. Yeah. We, we had on recently on the program, Senator Josh Hawley, and I remember uh, Father Dan Coughlin, who had been chaplain of the Congress, saying that in the Congress, the greatest challenge he found was uh, not political, but personal, and that the temptations to people in public life were overwhelming with so many people proverbially blowing smoke up your dress because they wanted closeness to you. Uh, vice President, you've been congressman, you've been governor, you've been vice president. I have to believe that temptation is a uh, is a constant. So, what are the steps that you would say to uh, to to Michael, your son, or to Audrey, or to Charlotte, or to anyone about how do you acknowledge that temptation is real and make steps to make sure that you can pre protect your spouse, your family by the choices you make. Well, you're uh, well, you, the senator's right. I mean, that I call I say we're Washington, D.C. is the world capital of of, um, um, you know, the world capital of self-esteem and uh, <laughs> yeah. unintended consequences. So, it's, yeah. uh, you know, there's never any shortage of people that will tell you what a, what a great guy you are uh, when yeah. they come to your office in Congress or come down to the White House. 
for me, it was my family uh, that really uh, kept me grounded and the guardrails that we put, as we describe and go home for dinner. We we built levees around our family. I, I made my wife a promise when I went to Washington that I wouldn't dine alone with a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, was uh, not my wife. Um, that was not controversial when it came up in an interview in our first year in Congress, but more than a decade and a half later when I was vice president, it became um, quite a subject of public debate. But but we stood by it, and it was one of those, one of those guardrails uh that that we think will serve the interest of our family. The other thing we did was, you know, and Charlotte just said this, you know, the if you're going to put your faith in your family first, you uh, you're going to have to make decisions to give up on things. And uh, and in in our case, one of the things was we our children were very young. Charlotte was uh, I don't know maybe about eight years old when I was first elected to Congress in 2000. Her brother was nine. Her sister was seven. We uprooted them from here in Indiana and moved them to suburban Washington, D.C. to keep our family close together because I wanted to be home for dinner. I wanted to be at, as we write about that violin recital, I wanted to be able to be in a position where, as I I recounted once, uh, you know, I was invited to one of my first meetings to uh, meet with President Bush in the West Wing with other members of Congress Uh, happened to be the the day of uh, of of. Charlotte's violin recital, and I, I skipped the White House and uh, went to the violin <laughs> recital. And, uh, um, but it, the ability to do that was only possible because we we'd made the decision uh, to uproot our family and to, and to keep us close. And and it came as I we wrote in our other book. Uh, it was the late Barbara Bush who we first met when she was second lady of the United States. Mm-hmm. And my wife Karen said to her. You know, you've got a wonderful family. The Bush family is, you know, one of the great public families uh, in America to this day. And uh, she said, what's your secret? And Barbara Bush said, uh, she said, Derry, you move with your husband. (laughs) And uh, we took that to heart. And we moved 18 times during the course of our public career. Charlotte said, we always did it as we, we did it. As a couple, we did it as a family, and uh, that's that's been that's been a real um, that's been a real key to us being able to stay focused and stay grounded. This book, "Go Home for Dinner" by Charlotte and Vice President Pence, uh, gets into lots of ways in which you preserve family life. There's one I wanted to ask you both about. Um, I went home last last year, in fact, for Thanksgiving to my family, my sister's kids, and when I got there, I was a little late, and I thought they were saying prayer without me, but they weren't. They were all kind of looking down at their cell phones, and, and it reminded me of the power now of of uh, gadgets and cell phones and social media. What are your rules as a family in terms of what you let in to the home, to the family, in terms of those things that have become attached to us? Charlotte, you want to take that one? Um, we actually have a chapter in the book of, about that, and it's funny to me because it's called uh, "When You're There, Be There," but the sentiment behind it is. Uh, putting your phone in a dish at, at the front of your house. So you put, put the phone in the dish. Um, and that's actually something that my parents did. My, and my dad would do, he would come home and he would have his Blackberry at the time. And I remember we had a little a piano right next to our door in, in uh, Arlington, Virginia and our house there. And there was a little crystal dish and that was kind of where keys and things like that went. And 
he would put his phone in there when he came in. And um, my, I, I can hear my mom saying phone in the dish, phone in the dish, you know, if he <laughs> forgot. Um, <laughs> and I, I mean, it's funny because that was, I don't know, 20 years ago. And mm-hmm. now, I mean, your phone is with you all the time and it's not just a BlackBerry for work. It's like your computer that you use for shopping and for everything. And so um, we try in our house not to have our phones at the dinner table to kind of put them away on the counter or something because it's just mm-hmm. such a temptation to, to pick it up to, to, you know, something's on your mind. You just want to do it really fast mm-hmm. and then you're not being present. So we, we really push that in the book, you know, not, it's not just about being together for dinner. It's about engaging with one another and having um, more time with each other than not. So I think that um, allowing yourself not to be distracted is really important, you know, and, and because there are things that are going to come to your mind to talk about or to ask, and it's not going to necessarily happen if you're, you're half focused on something else. So, um, and of course that can happen without a phone. I mean, you can be, mentally disengaged and thinking about work. So, uh, so we definitely talk about that in the book, which is such right. a, it's such a bigger issue today. The the book is go home for dinner. This could go to either one of you, but I think my family is not unlike so many families in America. So most of us back in the day would have been uh, Trump Pence voters, but we have people in our family who were for Hillary and uh, it became after a while difficult for us around the table to get near a, uh, current events issues because of uh, political divisions. Do you allow spirited debate and discussion at the family table? And have you always done that? We always raise our kids to think for themselves. Okay. You know, we, we mm-hmm. believe that you train up a child in the way they should go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that it's, it's one of the really special things, you know, it's not lost on me um, that, um, you know, I think of that verse in the Bible says that I, I stand at the door and knock and I'll come in and, and, um, and dine with you and you with me that, that there's something about the breaking of the bread. There's something about sitting at a table and, you know, at a time when our, our political debate has become more coarse, it seems like our divisions are more harsh. Um, I, I honestly believe that um, you can, you can connect people's, disconnection to the common habits of family to maybe us losing some of the habits in public life. I mean, I, I grew up in a big, it's still big, it's bigger every day, um, <laughs> big, <laughs> messy, loud, diverse family, but we all love each other. Yeah. And it seems, it almost seems to me like at the dinner table is where you learn how to talk to people uh, that you differ with mm-hmm. Um but remember that you have so much in common. You have so much history uh, uh, that that, and I think maybe that's where where we end up learning the habits that we can carry into the public debate. I mean, the, at the end of the book, this this is really a very personal book. Uh, go home for dinner. We try and be honest. We try and make people smile. Mm-hmm. Uh, we try to be humble uh, about. Uh, uh, our failings, especially mine. You know, I'm not a perfect father. I'm not a perfect husband. I try and be open about the times that I've fallen short. Um, but uh, at the end of the book, we reflect on the fact that the American family is in free fall in so many ways. I mean, we know for decades about the divorce rate in this country. 
what people aren't talking about much is how many young people are putting off being married or choosing not to marry at all, putting off having children. Yep. Uh, the priority that surveys will show that people are putting a higher priority on their children's economic success than on on their children getting married and 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 having families of their own. And uh, and so we're we're really hoping and to no less extent praying that this book really inspires people to think about getting back to the basics. Mr. Vice President, uh, since spirituality and faith is so important in family life, as you talk so much about in Go Home for Dinner, uh, and you raised the issue before, so I honor every path that leads to Jesus Christ. I think the fact that people are searching for Jesus as a personal Savior is great, wherever it comes, however it comes. But I got to ask you, because your history is Catholic, um, what might we in the Catholic Church do better so that I love that you where you're at, but uh, the evangelicals have you guys. God bless them for feeding you. But I don't want people to leave my Catholic Church for anybody else, and I want us to do better what we should be doing. What were we not providing uh, that that we should have been providing? Well, I, I uh, you know I, I grew up in the church. I was uh, you can imagine a family with four boys. We were a ready-made altar boy team. Yeah. <laughs> Father, Glean, Father Gleason knew there was one phone call. He'd call Ed Pence and, <laughs> and uh, you know, eight years of Catholic education. And I'll say, I, I love the church. I, I love my upbringing in the church. And I, I would I would just say, uh, I, I don't think it was the church. I think it was me. I think I, uh, I experienced some social success uh, mm-hmm. in, in high school. Uh, and uh, in... You know, as as I wrote in my autobiography, I, I got pretty full of myself uh, and I started to think that I, I really didn't need religion. Some people needed it. Uh, I didn't need it. And uh, uh, I didn't really walk away from the church. I just walked away from faith. Um, by the time I went off to college, I just I thought God was just a crutch uh, that, uh, that some people needed. And I didn't. Um, uh, but a part of my journey and uh and, and it's something Charlotte and I both both write in this book about our own journey to faith. And, and the chapter comes from actually a, a podcast that my uh, my daughter did on on the role of doubt. I mean, mm-hmm. we, you know, as I said earlier, we we always tried to raise our kids uh, in in a in a uh, Christ centered home. But we always made it clear we wanted them to think for themselves. We we wanted our kids to make their own decisions about um, not only about faith, but about about uh, their own worldview and and uh, uh, their own views about about the country and the future of the country. Um, but that's awfully hard for a parent to do. And I, <laughs> but we we tried to give people room. And, and uh, Charlotte writes so compellingly about having been on our own journey, you know, away from faith, but then coming coming to uh, a personal decision to put her faith in Christ, much in the way uh, that I did about her age. So um, uh, it's a very tender question that you ask. Uh, I was just talking to my 90-year-old mother and uh, told her if I was going to be down in Columbus this weekend, I'd go to Mass with her. And I still love I still love the liturgy, and um, yeah. Uh, but for me, it was really it was a journey away from belief. Uh, that uh, that, uh, that when I went off to college, I I came under a, a different experience, a different conviction. But I, I cherish yeah. that Catholic foundation. I, I I treasure your honesty too. My hundred and two year old mom went home to God six months ago, and uh, 
And I think we're so lucky to have the moms we have. I promise this is my last question. I want our viewers and our listeners to get hold of uh, Go Home for Dinner. But um, why I love you both is that there is a consistency of faithfulness, a loyalty, I'm not sure what else to call it, whether it's about being pro-life or, or, or being people who are uh, unapologetically Christian or, or saying, no, we can't desert our friends in Ukraine or Israel. Uh, this is who I am, like it or not. Um, you know, and I know the people in public life so often the winds of change affect them and, and then they're, they're not rooted in one particular set of values. And from what I've read about both of you, and certainly in this book, you guys know who you are and are unafraid to say, this is who I am, take it or leave it. I just want to know for our listeners and viewers, where does the courage come from to say, this is who I am. I can't do something other than be who God made me, who God made me to be. Well, for, for me, I can tell you it comes from faith and family. Okay. You know, I, I told people that when I was in Congress, some days you'd have a pretty heady experience, you know, meeting at the White House, or maybe you're down on cable television, you know, or maybe involved in a debate on the floor of the Congress. But mm -hmm. um, I always said, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I, I was fortunate because I could drive out to suburban Washington, D.C., walk into a little brick house uh, where there were four people that had no respect for me whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> and uh, after all day long, people say, Congressman this, Congressman that, and other titles that I'd hold. Uh, it's it's really been my family and the way God has used my family that's kept us grounded. Um, you know, we just uh, suspended our, our campaign for president uh, just a few short weeks ago. And uh, I I'm a very competitive person. I'll tell you, it was a tough call to spend the campaign, but uh, we just had come to the conclusion uh, after a lot of deliberation and prayer that it's just not my time. Uh, but uh, when, when people asked me how I was doing after we suspended the campaign, I, 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 I said, you know, everything in my life that matters is great. I mean, my wife loves me. My kids are healthy. Yeah. They're all good people. I got three most beautiful granddaughters in the world. And uh, um, everything else uh, uh, grows more dim, as yeah. the old hymn says, uh, when we when we stay focused on, uh, on the Lord, stay focused on the people that matter most. And I hope that's a little bit of what this book encourages people to do. I, I want to thank you both for being with us and personally speaking and for being, as I said, consistent in uh, believing and sharing who you are. And uh, today, I don't know if you know this about yourselves, but you come across as supremely human, humble, real people who struggle like all of our families. And uh, and I just thank you so much for your testimony, for your witness and for uh, sharing this book. You're right. Um, it's not in any way uh, anything but personal. It's your story told through the prism of faith and family and at a time when people sometimes can be dismissive of faith as, and family as some kind of uh, old-fashioned ideas that have no relevance to our time, you show us that it's more contemporary than ever to know your God and to be close to your family than now. So thank you both for Go Home for Dinner, and more importantly, for the lives you lead. I'm so grateful to you for being with us. Well, we're great, grateful to you. Thank you for your testimony, and thanks for having us on Personally Speaking, Bob. Thank you, my friend. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks for being with us today. If you need to reach me for any reason, you can get me at personallyspeakingpodcast at gmail.com. You can probably listen to this program on Sirius XM, the Catholic channel, but you can also watch us on YouTube. 
Personally Speaking is also on Facebook at Personally Speaking with Monsignor Joe Masanti. And we're also now on Instagram at Personally Speaking Podcast. I'm privileged to serve as host and executive producer, Personally Speaking. Our producer is Lisa Jandovitz. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be with you again next time on Personally Speaking.